Uncensored. Unfiltered. Unhinged. It's the Corelcast. Listen daily on your favorite streaming service. Here it is, the Corelcast. I am Corel. So very glad you are joining me on this Wednesday in the near, damn near middle of January. I might as well get back out the Christmas ornaments, honey. I'm serious. I mean, come on. Uh, all right, we've got a lot to talk about today. We've got a lot to talk about today. Uh, we can just get right to it, can we? Can we just get right? Can we just get right to it, Corel? Yes, we can. We got a lot to talk about, and yet it it all everything every single thing I want to talk to you about today equates back to the all to the to the very same thing. If that it doesn't make sense yet, but it will. And it, it happened, it, uh, it, it dawned on me, dawned, dawned, like Tony Orlando and, uh, it dawned on me, um, you know, in the middle of an Apple Fitness Plus workout, uh, where a lot of things dawn on me. You know, you're working, you're moving, you're flowing. And there's one of the instructors, and she, hola, mi gente, uh, and she always says, you were meant to do hard things. And I think... I think, with every, everything in me, that we, as humans, have forgotten that we were actually intended, we are actually meant to do hard things. Uh, because now, it just seems like government and people are in the avoidance of hard things business. And it appears that if you're in the business of helping people avoid hard things, then you make a lot of money. And, you know, I was thinking about this today because I thought, what do I give the people in Canada where I'm like in the top 200 of their podcast? What do I give them? I don't, I don't book the guest that, you know, CNN books. I don't book guests anymore at all. I only have 30 minutes. And unless they're really interesting or something fun, why bother? And so I thought, what do I give? What does, what does my show give? And it gives my unique perspective on what's going on in your life. Because it's also going on in mine. I'm not rich, much like you. I own my house and I feel that makes me rich. But, you know, I'm not wealthy. I don't live the lifestyle of the rich and famous often. I get invited to do it sometimes just like you. And yet my mind works in an exponentially different way than yours, and you should be grateful for that. And I can't just look at things without examining them to their core. And when someone says, you were meant to do hard things, I immediately think of the human body. Uh, and the human body is actually meant to do hard things. And we can do miraculous things with our body if we work it right. Uh, I haven't done a hard thing in a while, but I'd like to. If you're a redhead out there and over 40 and male. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> that's a gay anthem in there. I was meant to do hard things. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's still me, honey. So anyway. So I thought about humans, our hearts, and how fabulously it beats so often for 80, 90 years, just nonstop, like 60 beats a minute, every minute of every day. 
and it doesn't want to stop. It will it will try to keep going no matter what. You could have an arm hanging off and a leg hanging off and you know the heart will will keep trying. The heart will go on. Say it, Celine. So the heart was obviously made to do hard things. Then there's your brain. Our brains, when we use them, are really incredible things that have figured out some pretty hard stuff. You know, I mean, you got to give credit to humans. I know it's often we like to detract from humans uh, and they're so detractable, uh, but you got to give them credit too. We have solved some pretty incredible things. Pretty hard stuff. Other stuff that should have been solved isn't, but there are other factors. So we are made to do hard things. Now, we don't like to do hard things, or at least not anymore. We don't see the reward in it, I guess. Like, what's the use of doing something really hard, <laughs> you know? And I thought about that because I read an article this morning from the BBC, the BBC News. Or was it at CBC, Canadian Broadcasting? I don't know. I was out there in journalism land. Uh, and I read a report that you won't read in America that says we're not going to meet our climate change goals in any country, including Europe, because governments are now so focused on the cost of living right now, like the cost of being alive now. And because being alive now costs money, 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 money. Money! Yeah, because it costs lots of money. Uh, governments are having to focus on fat. Because people are dying. Planes are falling out of the sky. If they can get in the sky. Um, so we're not going to spend money on the future. Because people are needing it so bad in the present. And even the people in the present don't want to be spending money on things for the future when they need the money in the present. Now, money is man-made, of course. The monetary system, the banking system, all of that man-made. Not etched in stone, not some universal edict, not the way the rest of the universe does it. No, just Earth. The monetary system is native to Earth because it is man-made, which means man could unmake it or alter it. But that would be so hard it would be so hard to get rid of money as we know it it is the root of all evil it is causing death destruction devastation it is the reason that we as humans don't do anything including me okay i don't have the money my friend steve just i want to travel but i don't have the money you know I want to do this, but I don't have the money. I want to produce this TV show about the 10 cities in America where we should be moving for climate change, but I don't have the money. I want to grow the show and hire a producer and get advertising, but I don't have the money. I want to help all of the, the unhoused that I see in any way that I can, but I don't have the money. I want to take Bridget to Ireland. I truly do. She deserves it. She's fabulous. She's incredible. And I mean, she's a really nice lady. And she's Irish. And I would just love to be in a pub in Ireland with Britain, with Bridget. I would love that. It would be fun. I don't have the money. 
I mean, she can fly for free, but, but you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'd love to take her and show her Mount Juliet, show her Mount Falcon, these places in Ireland that I've seen where I've been invited, Ada Sanuterian, where the president, her and President Michael D. Higgins would get along just swimmingly. They would. And I would love to introduce Bridget to Michael D. Higgins, the president of Ireland. He is a hoot. Don't have the money. I would love to record Stronger together again with a bigger choir. Don't have the money. I would love if my state of Nevada would feed every person in it that's hungry. Don't have the money. I would love if Nevada would solve its water crisis once and for all. Don't have the money. I would love if there would be a law that you can't ship food more than 500 miles, that you must eat what is grown, produced, farmed, whatever, within 500 miles of your home. Because climate change, global warming. I wish I could make all Americans vegan, that I could run for president and say, look, this is it. Two years for meat and dairy in this country, and then it's gone. So start transitioning yourself off. We will not sell meat or dairy in the United States. There will be no dairy farms. There will be no factory farms. There will be no slaughterhouses. Because that's 40% of greenhouse gases. But how hard would it be to get nations to stop eating meat and dairy? Well, that's really hard. I'd say that's damn near impossible, Carell. No, it's not impossible. It's hard. It's hard. And hard decisions have to be made. It's why we don't do it. We were meant to make hard decisions, but we won't. You know, my friend Gavin Newsom, and he is my friend. When I text Gavin, he answers me within two hours. Some of my closest, closest friends of decades and decades take days sometimes. The governor of California, who I've been friends with for 24 years, uh, texts me back usually within a couple hours if he can. Sometimes not. Sometimes it's a day or two, but I get it. You know, dealing with pandemics or floods or whatever. Uh, but what I'm saying is the governor of California, get back on track. Uh, the governor of California just allocated millions of dollars to clear out homeless encampments. Clear them out. Get her moving. Now, the state court said, because the ACLU, and I say that with disdain now, and I shouldn't because I'm a card-carrying member, but the ACLU uh, uh, sued the state and said you were impinging, you were infringing on the rights of these homeless people by clearing their tent camps that they have no right to be in. Uh, but somehow you're violating their Fourth and Eighth Amendment rights, due process, that blah, 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 blah. Well, you know what? It's a hard thing to sweep out a homeless camp and empty it out. It's a hard thing to tell the people in that camp, you've got some decisions ahead of you. You can remain unhoused and get out of our city limits. You have the right to be unhoused, just not in the city limits. That would be a really hard decision to make as a people, but it has to be made because it will force us, A, to house them. That's the first thing. The second of all, it will then force those who don't want to obey society's laws to suffer some repercussion. I'm sick of the unhoused getting to break a myriad of laws and having no repercussion because, well, they're unhoused. What are we going to do with them? Where are we going to put them? 
FEMA camps, Trump was right. Yes, you heard me say it. Trump was right. FEMA camps on the outskirts of every city. Yes. You mean internment camps? No, I mean a place to sleep, to eat, to pee, to crap, to try to find a job, or a place to get your life back together, or a place to be triaged so you can be put into a healthcare system, or a place to detox, or a place to help you find a job because you're only unhoused because you just can't, you know, can't make ends meet. A place that's transitional so you can get onto other, well then there has to be all that infrastructure set up. Yes, there does, and we won't do it. Why? Because it's hard. It's hard. And hard decisions will have to be made that are unpopular. And nowadays, we'd much rather be popular than do the hard work. That's why we're in this mess. Because we were meant to do hard things. And yet we won't. So yesterday, I sent out six emails to very important people about a story in every bottle. A show that I believe in. Not just the story of He Schneider, who I believe that story should be told and told louder uh, about his grandmother's legacy trying to be erased by Templeton Rye because they're a fake company with a, a fake product uh, and they can sue me if they like. I can prove that they're not Templeton Rye. They, may be, they might be rye that's made in Templeton now, but that's just now, like this year now. And they're still not the recipe that's original to Templeton. So they are not Templeton Rye, even though they've named themselves that. And they can sue me for that. But, you know, I, you know, I, you know I'd have someone who would help me in that lawsuit and we'd win. Uh, so anyway, so his story needs to be told. But so do others, like the madam from Vuve Clouteau. You know, that the fact that a widow of this winemaker, you know, took over the, the, the making of the champagne when everyone told her to sell it. And that she, with her cabinet maker that made her kitchen cabinets, decided to redesign the way the champagne was being cured and, and kept. And in doing so, she created a champagne that today is considered one of the best champagnes on the market, Vuve Clouteau, which literally means the Widow Clouteau. Her story deserves to be told. So yesterday, I get on, I, I emailed David Arquette, who emailed me right back. Uh, I emailed a producer from Australia TV, who I interviewed for one of his shows, to see if maybe his production company would want to align with me, or if he would shop it for me for a fee or whatever. So I sent it to seven people that could further it. Every single person sent back, A, what a wonderful show it is, B, how talented I am to have created it and hosted it and all of that. Uh, you know, nothing but nothing but complimentary terms. And then the final thing. Oh, and some of them, Jose's working on one himself about Mezcal uh, with an Academy Award winning producer. So, um, but he can't get it placed. Why? Because every single one of them said this to me. Alcohol is a hard sell when it comes to networks and shows that they run. And I thought, you know, they're right. Because like the cooking channel has, you know, Food Network has thousands of shows and cooking competitions. But how many bartending or uh, cocktail shows about how to recipes for cocktails? They don't. Or there's like one or two. So historically, we keep alcohol off of TV. So I had a decision to make yesterday. 
do we continue to try to tell these other stories at a time when no one wants to buy them? You know, do we self-produce or do we change the focus of the show? And I want to do the show about the 10 cities, you know, and I thought, well, you know what? Why not be pitching two shows? We have a story in every bottle in the can and keep pitching it. And someone somewhere, you know, is going to say yes. But since it's a, quote, hard sell, it's going to take some time. So since that might take six months or 12 months to develop, meaning to get placed somewhere, how about in the short term you do something that's on everybody's mind, climate change, and where we're going to move when we lose the climate battle because we're going to, because we have no desire to solve it. And that's brought me to the show of we were meant to do hard things. You see, to solve climate change, we do have to become plant-based eaters. That's, that's not just me as a vegan telling you that I want you to join my lifestyle. I'm telling you for the planet. The scientists have told us for the planet. Whenever I hear an environmentalist speaking and they're asked if they're vegan and they say no, I, just t I discredit everything they just said. Because every person of knowledge and wisdom knows that we have to switch to a 80% plant-based diet or the planet dies because there's too many of us, okay? When there was a million, I'm sorry, one billion, two billion, three billion, okay. But seven, eight, nine billion people, they can't all eat meat. There's not enough places to grow the cows. So we have to, the ocean is being, we're wiping out all the life on the planet because we're eating it. That has to change. But it's not gonna. Because corporations run the message. And we expect corporations to do the heavy lifting for us. We expect corporations to make the hard decisions and do the hard things. And then to make our lives easier. And look how that's turned out for us. We turned the education of our children over to the school board. And we let them make the hard decisions. Most of you don't attend the meetings. Most of you go about your lives. And, and look what we've got. We've got a system where a six-year-old can bring a gun to class and kill it and shoot a teacher. Not kill her. But I, that story, I haven't even talked about that story because I, only in America could we tolerate that. In other words, why would anyone want to be a teacher? Why would anyone want to be a doctor right now? Hospitals, overcrowded, underfunded. Nope. You know, why would anyone? In Europe especially. In Canada. They're, they're working their doctors to the bone. Watch the movie The Waiting Room on Hulu. Watch it. It's 10 years old, but watch it. Set right in Oakland, California. We're a really cute doctor who I looked up afterwards. Oh, my God, he's gorgeous. And he's still working in Oakland, California at this hot dignity. What was it? I forget which hospital it is. It's the spillover hospital. It's where the lowest of the low go. You know, the people that have no insurance, unemployment. You know, they just they need medical help. And it broke my heart to watch that and to know that all over the world this is happening. We can help each other. Every single human being can have the best health care if humans decide it so. But to decide it so would be what? Hard. It would be hard to make sure that 
all humans get access to the best health care. It would be hard. We could figure out a way, but it would be hard. We were meant to do hard things, but we won't. You know, in my life, in your life, we have hard decisions we have to make, and so many of you are putting them off. I am. I am every day now. It's 21 days now until Ember gets her teeth cleaned. I'm a nervous wreck already. I'm literally crying every day that she's going to die under anesthesia. She's not going to die under anesthesia. Millions of dogs every year go under anesthesia and don't die. You know? And she needs dental care. I mean, you got to have their teeth cleaned a couple times in their life. You got to, or you're remiss. So I claim to love her. I claim to care about her. I claim to say she's the most important thing in the world to me. And I use that as an excuse to not do hard things because she is the most important thing in the world to me, which I know that sounds sad, but she is. I want another boyfriend. I do. But because she is the most important thing in the world to me, I'm afraid to do a procedure which has risk. But then I'll put her on the back of a motorcycle. I know. I know. Because I was meant to do hard things, but I forget. I forget. I forget that I can do hard things. I forget. Yesterday, I thought, you did more today for a story in every bottle. You got rejected six times. Uh, but, nicely rejected. Uh, but you did more today for that than you've done since you filmed it. I expected Babette Perry, the agent, to go do it. I expected Hannah to, I expected someone else to do the hard thing of selling it. Yesterday, I started the hard work of selling it. And I was told it's going to be a hard sell. Now, I'm not going to give up, but I am going to provide options. Okay, well, because if I did the show of the 10 cities and it was a success for a network, they'd take a story in every bottle. See what I'm saying? It could be an entree. So in your life, what hard things have you not been doing? Really? I ask you all to comment down below and then you don't. I know you're watching. I see the numbers. So I know you're watching. I know you're listening. I know, th I know if we're within the top 200 in Canada, a few Canadians are listening. But for some reason, they don't go to youtube.com forward slash really Carell and watch. I don't get it. I'm listening. Number one on SoundCloud under Progressive Voices. Number one. Thousands of listens a day. And they don't go watch the video that I take all this time to do. I don't know why. But they don't. Not complaining. Glad they're listening. Glad you're listening on SoundCloud. Progressive Voices. Glad you're listening in Canada and Ireland and America and the Bay Area. Oh, I had this whole thing in my brain this morning about KGOers in exile go, uh, renting the uh, San Jose Civic Auditorium. It's five grand to rent. Uh, so rent it and call Brian Copeland and Maureen Langan and me and a few other uh, KGOers. I know it'd be odd, but uh, Chef Ryan Scott, he's not just a chef. He has great opinions about a lot of things. Uh, get him in there. Uh, get John Rothman to come, you know, get a bunch of people from K from KGO days to come and do like the sexy liberal tour, you know, where we all sit on stage for a minute. And then I would close the show with real entertainment. <laughs> I mean, I would. Maureen would go next to last. Could go Brian Copeland, Maureen Langan, and then me. And then there could be like a panel thing and such beforehand. So act one, 
Now, see, see what I'm doing in my head? I'm creating this whole thing. Act one, we have panels. It's all fun. It's all XKGO talk show host. And then act two is Brian Copeland, Maureen Langan, and me, because we're the three that have actually gone and done plays and do comedy. Maureen's burning it up with her comedy. And, you know, and me, of course, I'm, I sing, I dance, I juggle. Uh, so that would be fun to do. I'd love to do that in San Jose. That would be hard to do. I'd have to get the financing. I'd have to get the talent to say yes and, and ask if they would wait to be paid until after we sell the tickets. And there'd be so much to do. It would be hard. Would it be great? Probably. Would it sell out? I bet it would. <sighs> would it be hard? Yeah. So will I do it? I, I don't know. I should, <laughs> but I don't know. And so what in your life, you know, what hard things in your life do you really need to get busy doing? You know, I told my friend Steve yesterday, you have no cap on your income. I do. I'm on disability. I have a cap on my income. And, you know, I can't risk the disability unless a, a guaranteed job comes along that's going to be a job that I can do while disabled. Uh, because I can do this show any time of day, any day of the week. I have no confines. There's no, like, checking the clock and all of that. So if I don't feel well or if my back hurts or whatever, I don't have to do the show. I can just either not do it or I can just post it the next day. A real employer is not going <laughs> to, that's not going to work for a radio station or a TV station or something. Unless I've, it would be hard to find a position that gave me that flexibility to be on camera or on air and yet not have to do it every single day, X, Y, Z, blah, 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 because of my back, my aorta, my other things. So it would be hard. So do I do it? Do I even look? Do I even try? No, because I figure, well, there's just not that job out there. And yet there is. <laughs> I heard today Dr. Sandra Lee say she was making six figures a month off of YouTube from her pimple videos. Her videos have been viewed by 5 billion, with a B, times. She's made multiple millions of dollars. Squeezing zits on YouTube. Now, if someone had said, I want to make millions of dollars, <laughs> you know, she did it. It was hard, but she did it. So what hard things, you know? I'm not going to talk about the Biden classified document scandal. I could care less. The difference is Joseph Biden is not a criminal, and Donald Trump is. Joseph Biden did not refute President Biden, did not refuse subpoenas, did not hide documents by a pool, did not give tours of his office with classified documents setting out, and again, is not a criminal. Donald Trump is a criminal on multiple levels. He took those documents on purpose to sell. Period. End of story. Okay? So why talk about that? It is an apple, and I don't care what the right says. I don't care what the MAGA says. These are traitors and sedition. I don't care anymore what these people think. It's why I'm not on Twitter. I don't care what Marjorie Taylor Greene thinks. I don't care what Matt Gates thinks. He's a sex trafficker. They're all traitors. I can't give energy anymore to a-holes that aren't my husband. I'm serious. I did, you know, if I'm going to give if I'm going to give life to an a-hole, it's going to be my husband's. Because otherwise you're just paying attention to foreign a-holes. 
And who wants to do that? I don't care. Joe Biden's not a criminal. If there were classified documents there, I blame the National Archives. Why don't you have your crap together? How can Trump have these documents? How could these documents be in the, the Biden-Obama uh, office in a, cl- in a locked closet, which is a lot different than where Mar-a-Lago? But how can they even be there? How can the National Archives not know? You know, the frickin' library keeps track if you're overdue 12 fucking years, okay? They know who's got the book, where the book is, and how much money you owe for that book. So if the library because I got those notices back in the day. If the library can keep track of where their damn books are, why can't the National Archives keep track of where classified documents are? Apple makes little tags. You can put them on everything. Okay? You can see. Okay? Look, maybe they didn't make them in 10 years. They make them now. So maybe we should tag all the classified documents. That way, someone at the National Archives every day could pull up a map and say, oh, look, there'll be classified documents down in Florida. What the hell are they doing there? Well, that would be hard, Carell. Mm-hmm, I know. And even though we were meant to do hard things, we won't seem to. A six-year-old brings a gun to school. It's time to get rid of guns or teachers. Make your device a whole lot smarter. Get the Carell Cast app free at the app store of your choice now. Uncensored, unfiltered, unhinged. It's the Corelcast. Listen daily on your favorite streaming service. You know, I let this whole thing start again because it's all automated. Because I didn't get to say, I am Corel, you be who you want to be, so long doesn't hurt anybody. And I wasn't going to leave without that. Uh, so, so if you stuck around, you got to see me do it. It's like, the, it's like the finale of A Star is Born. You had to stick around to the end of the movie. Are you watching me now? No. I could do it for you. I could, I could do the finale to A Star is Born at the end of the show. How about that? <laughs> one day I will. Just walk out with one more look at you. Oh, yes. One day. That'd be hard, though, wouldn't it? It'd be hard to actually do the kind of show that I want to do. That includes singing my own, you know, like Dinosaur used to do. Come out with an opening number and then talking to people, you know, interviews, maybe cooking, you know, Veganuary. I would love to do that kind of show, like the Dinosaur show, you know. I would love to. I grew up with it, you know. But no, no, I do. I do this. Which is fine, but at the same time, I would, I'd like to do the Dinosaur Show. I'd like to sing and have guests. So what hard thing, I didn't get to wrap up. I, and, and what I wanted to say is, and what I mean is, it's either time to get rid of guns or teachers. Because it's not fair, or, and students. We either have to get rid of guns or get rid of schools. We, and, and, and see, that's the hard decision. But that is the decision. Either we close down schools as they exist now, break them up, make multiple campuses. If a school has a population of 500 students, then we break it into 10, 50 student groups that are at different locations in the community. Well, Carell, that would be hard. Well, you either do that or you guarantee that they're not going to be shot. There's no middle ground there. 
Either you guarantee that kids cannot be shot at school or you get rid of the schools. See? Hard decision. But we were meant to do hard things. Why are hard things seen as verboten? Because they're hard. Because there's money in the status quo. Because there's comfort in complacency. Oh, if y'all didn't stick around for this, then you are missing it. Because there, there is comfort in complacency. And we like comfort. As humans, we like to get very comfortable. Look at our guts. We like to get comfortable. But comfort isn't a great way of being. It's not. You should always be a little bit uncomfortable in your life. You should always want a little bit more. You should always want to go a little bit further. You should always want to help just a little bit more. You should always want to be there just a little bit more. It should make you uncomfortable that you can't be there as much as you want to be for some of your friends or family. This is what you should be thinking about and what you should be doing. And it's hard. It's hard to be a human. That's why humans were meant to do hard things. We built a monetary system. It's not serving us. We can rebuild it. We have the technology. We can do the hard things, but we have to have the will. I sound like a president, but we do. We have to have the will. We can all become plant-based eaters, 80% of us. I mean, all of us, 100% of us with an 80% plant-based diet. We can do that. We can. We totally can. How do I know? Because 100% of us now eat the diet that we've been told to eat. We can be told to eat others. We can be provided others. Fast food chains can simply stop selling meat and dairy. It can be done. It's hard, but it can be done. We have to do some hard things. We do. So I want you to concentrate on one hard thing in your life. Getting a second career going, that's hard. Getting a side gig going is hard. Maybe you want to be a DJ. Maybe you want to be an author. Maybe you want to be a doctor, a lawyer. I don't know. It's hard to have a second career. Or it's hard to try to transition to another career when you're already in one. Well, it's worth it. And there's the conclusion of that which I didn't get to do in the 30 minutes previous. The reason that we should do hard things is because it's worth it. Not necessarily the reward you get from it, meaning a financial reward or a hug or whatever. The feeling you get inside when you've done something really hard and you've done it. That feeling... I'll never forget this as long as I live. Uh, we were in Ireland. Uh, Daniel Charleston was following us in a Jaguar. Jaguar. And Brandon and I were on BMWs from Celtic Rider. And if you go to Ireland, they now rent cars as well. And they have tours right in the car. Meaning there's a GPS thing. It tells you where to go, what to see. It's got your, your hotels in it. It's got where to eat in it. It's a complete all-in-one thing from Celtic Riders. And you should do it. It's so much fun. And Paul, the owner, and Liam, they're wonderful people. His daughter is wonderful. She's been on my Dorian Awards. Celtic Riders in Ireland. I can't say enough about that company. They're really cool. Um, and so we were riding two BMWs, and Paul had told us, now, Carell, don't you ride in the west of Ireland uh, at, at night, Carell, don't do it. But of course, knowing we were going to, and we did. 
And it was sunset to start our journey off the main interstate and to where we were going. Kilkenny? Killarney? Kilkenny? Killarney? I think it was Killarney or Kilkenny. Um, you bastard. Uh, I think it was Killarney. Uh, it's where, um, what's his name is from? The actor, he's very gorgeous. Oh, what? Fastbinder. Michael Fastbinder. And he was there with a Harley, group of Harleys. I forgave him for riding a Harley. Anyway, so we were on this, the, the two BMWs, uh, Brandon and I. And after we turned off the main highway, it became mountainous, two-lane, very basic roads with no real railing and hundreds to thousands of feet, depending where you were, on the other side of the road and like nothing. <laughs> and not a light because there's no cities in the west of Ireland just sitting there. Uh, and you're not on a main highway. So no light. Like, so you're in the mountains. It's pitch black. Uh, and you're on a two-lane highway. Not what we were... Oh, and it was freezing. Not what we were supposed to be doing, uh, but we did it. Uh, and so it starts with me hitting a bird. A fowl of some kind flies up, hits me right in the chest. Feathers fly everywhere. Brandon's cracking up and trying to avoid falling because of the bird that flew off of my chest and then flew to my right. Daniel's behind us thinking he's going to run us over in the Jaguar because we're going to fall. And I'm trying to stay up on the bicycle because a chicken or bird or fowl of some kind has totally hit me doing 40 or 50 miles an hour in my chest. Poof. Feathers everywhere. Well, that didn't take us down. And that was at sunset. So we kept going. So we're driving for a couple hours through this mountainous region on these twisty, turny roads. Very dangerous. Very dangerous. Very scary. I'm not going to lie. As a motorcyclist, we were safe. We, we're, oh, and we're on the other side of the road that we're used to being on. Uh, oh, God, it was something. So we pull into the inn, a fabulous inn. Uh, and uh, the bathroom, the, oh, my tub was spectacular. Um, we went to Mustang Sally's that night. That was a bar from the Twilight Zone. So we pull in, and without a word, Brandon and I take off our helmets. We take off our gloves. We are suited up in these Alpine Stars winter suits because it was freezing, literally. It was, it was freezing, below zero, actually. Uh, and so... Below zero Celsius, or uh, yeah, Celsius, not Fahrenheit. Uh, Fahrenheit, it was like 15 degrees. Um, and we get off. It's now 10 o'clock at night. We're supposed to be there at 6. It's 10 o'clock at night. We get off the bike, and without saying a word, we run to each other and butt each other's chest. It's the most masculine thing I think I've ever done. I it wasn't even a conscious thing. I didn't say, oh, I'm going to go butt Brandon's chest. We just, I would have liked to. We, we just got off the motorcycle and went, yeah. Why? Because we had both just done something really, really hard and stupid, uh, but really, really hard. And we lived to tell about it. And we were so joyous that we completed this hard thing, that it actually happened. That's why you do hard things. Because when you're done with it, you think to yourself, wow, I did that. And it makes you feel better about yourself.
And if that hard thing that you did helped others, then you feel even better than that. If that hard thing that you did accomplished a task that you've had or a goal that you've had for such a long time, then wow. So I'll leave you with that. I am Corel. You be who you want to be. So long as it doesn't hurt anybody. Bye.